Welcome back to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together. Jenna here. Today, we have a really special guest near and dear to my heart. As most of you know, I'm going through breast explant surgery next week, September 22nd. The response and curiosity that we've received around my decision based on our former episode when I talked all about it, along with breast implant illness in general, led us to seek out others who had blazed this trail even before me. So I'm pleased to share that one of my best friends, Nadine Dunning, is here to share her health and explant journey with all of you who might be interested in knowing more about this topic. She explanted back in October of 2019, and she's feeling better than ever. She is one of the most amazing humans I know and was a catalyst for my own journey. Her courage to go before me and me seeing firsthand how much better she feels after her surgery had given me the courage to take the leap to do it myself. So without further delay, here's Nadine. Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. Okay, Nadine, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. So I'm so excited. excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Our listeners are aware of the fact that I have started out on my own breast implant illness journey. And we thought it would be really nice to bring in another perspective and actually bring in a woman who's actually gone through the entire experience from the beginning all the way through what your life is like now after you've explanted. And I would just love for our listeners to hear your story. Um, Before we jumped on this call, I was telling Lindsay how you're really into holistic health and you're a health seeker and you care a lot about just being the best version of yourself. So let's start with the beginning. Like when, when did you get your, your breast implants and we'll go from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it was 2003 or 2004. I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was a long time ago that I got them and I was young and I was silly. And I, when I was younger, I was really overweight. Um, and so I had really large breasts. And then in my, you know, 20s, I found health and fitness, lost a lot of weight. They never looked right after that. So I wish I had known what I know now then. And I know we always say that, but it's so true. Um, and I know that everything that we've been through to this point makes us who we are. Um, and it's something that I think I needed to go through to, to appreciate who I am and what my body is, but I thought that getting breast implants would make me more balanced because I do have athletic legs. And, you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, it'll fill out and make me look more balanced and even. And I wish that I had gone to more plastic surgeons that said, you know what, how about let's just do a lift, you know, because now that I'm on the other side and that's what I have, I'm so much happier with that. So, um, yeah. So anyways, I got breast implants in my early twenties and I was a competitive show jumper. So I rode horses and I actually had fallen off my horse and ruptured one of them. So I had to have a second surgery. And these were saline, right? You were saline. saline. Yep. And I always thought, well, you know, no big deal. You know, if it ruptures, it's just saline, you know, 
um, at that point I was already into like health and fitness. And I thought, you know, this is supernatural. And I remember my uncle who's an anesthesiologist, he told me it is not natural to put something into your body. Don't do it. You're silly, like really think about it. And I, and I was like mad at him. Like, how can he be telling me not to do something that's going to make me feel more like a woman? And looking back on it, he was totally right. So I had them, you know, pretty much through my 20s and into my childbearing years. And they never really felt like me. Yeah. Did you struggle with pregnancy at all? Did you struggle getting pregnant? I can't remember if that was part of your... You know, I never did. So I was really fortunate with that. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I know a lot of women do struggle with fertility. I never did, thankfully. Um, And... I breastfed without any issues. They were just enormous. I mean, like they were so big and uncomfortable. Because you went but bigger the second time. I did. I went bigger. I got talked into going bigger. Just and we to need to st- like pause for a second because you, <laughs> <laughs> you were all boobs. I was. Like I, I remember I met boobs. you and I was like, damn, she's got some big boobs. Like those are big. And and I didn't think like, damn, she's got big boobs. But I was like, those things have got to be so heavy. They were, they were, they were like seven pounds of heavy. Cause they were like, how, how many, how many CCs were they? They were like, oh my gosh, they were giant. They were seven, 600. Yeah. They were 650 CCs overfilled. So, um, and I'm small, so I'm, you are you a know, small petite person. Yeah. So I have, you know, like a 30 inch back and I had these massive boobs that were like under my armpit and (laughs) just uncomfortable. And I always found that I was trying to cover them more than I was like, I was never comfortable with them. You know, you didn't just like have them out. all. Yeah. I felt more uncomfortable when I had them than I did when I didn't. Yeah. Because I always felt like people were like, oh my God, she's got giant boobs. <laughs> it's 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 a self-conscious thing when your boobs walk in the room before you do. It's so true. It's so true. And people would remember me as the girl with the giant boobs. And you know, once I had kids and you know, being in a professional work environment, you know, it was I was always really self-conscious of what I was wearing and how I was perceived and um I never I never felt it didn't it didn't do what I thought thought it would for me. It never made me feel more womanly. It just made me feel more self-conscious, which was really interesting. I mean, there was a period of time, I'm sure in my twenties that, that it was great and I loved them and, you know, everybody had big boobs, but it was an uncomfortable part of my identity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was sharing with our listeners when I had told everybody the reasons behind wanting to explant. One of them was that they never felt like they were a part of me. They always, I don't like attention. I don't like eyes Mm -hmm. on me. And then I having a small chest, you don't, people don't look at your boobs because there's nothing to see. (laughs) There's nothing of interest right there. (laughs) It's like, and then all of a sudden you're like, hello up here. And I don't even like have them like just hanging out for the world to see. So I completely feel you there. When did you start to feel like your health was being compromised? And I know you did you feel like you knew it was your your breast implants the whole time or was it kind of like you a last resort for you yeah it was it was kind of weird how it I mean I guess that's life right how these things tend to unfold is that it was 
it was sort of something I was led to. Um, and I had heard the term breast implant illness, like probably six years ago, I didn't really think much of it. You know, like I thought, oh man, those poor people, like they're having reactions to their breast implants. Like I never put myself in that category. And then I want to say like, so after I had my second child, so after I had um, my son, I really started to notice like losing the baby weight. That was the hard, one of the hardest things I think I've ever done. And I, and it, and it is hard, right? It was hard the first time with, with my daughter, but but really after, after having him, it was like, I couldn't lose the weight. And, and I started having all these weird allergies to like, you know, I was really affected by gluten and, and dairy and all of these things that I had never really had trouble with. So I started even further down the path of like, okay, well, elimination and, you know, toxic, you know, is there mold in my house? Kind of like really trying to figure out what it was that was happening and why I was having these symptoms. And then gosh, probably five years ago, um, literally the laundry list of everything. When you look up BII, um, my hands and my feet were tingling and I thought, Oh my gosh, like I'm dying. Like there's something like catastrophically wrong, (laughs) you know? And so then I was seeking naturopaths and, um, you know, trying to gain insight from all of these different people. And then I had casually came across another person that had mentioned, I think it was through the yoga community. She had mentioned that she had her breast implants removed. And I thought, geez, why does this keep coming up? Like should probably start digging into it. And I knew that I wanted to have them redone. Like I definitely knew that because after two kids, you know, in my late thirties, it just, you know, gravity takes a toll. And I knew that I wanted to have them redone. So that was kind of going on simultaneously where I was like investigating, okay, well, what would this look like? You know, and I've known a lot of women that have gotten the gummy bears and they look great. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe I just need to do that. And maybe I, you know, will feel better. My back more, like my neck, you know, working out, everything was hard. It just didn't feel good. And that's when I really started to unpack it. And I had uh, my DNA done. So I, you know, I found out that I, I had the double mutation of MTHFR. So that started leading me down rabbit holes. <laughs> my husband will tell you, it was like many nights that I was <laughs> up late at night with my phone, like Googling. And it's, it's like this endless, where you kind of feel like you feel crazy because you can't imagine that all of these things are true, you know, that this is all happening to you and that it's not happening to other people. Like you kind of feel alone for a little while until you really start putting the pieces together. And then when I really look back at it, I really started having symptoms probably the first first year, first year or two that I had them. Like I really my health started to decline and, and little things, you know, that you, that once you are on the other side of it, you can see it differently. And that's what was really interesting for me. Yeah. It's weird because I, well, I think like my experience was, Oh, well I am getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that getting older is t- hard. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, right. like, 
that's the expectation, right? Like you're supposed to have aches and pains. You're supposed to feel crazy when you have your period. Like you're all these things that are supposed to happen as you age and you're like, man, this really does stink. And then you go on the help. My red flag was, and I don't know if this was similar to you, but what was frustrating was I had done all of the things right. I had changed my diet. I had taken supplements Mm-hmm. I had seen more than one naturopath. Um, I had gone to a regular MD, like, and then that, you know, that didn't work. So a naturopath, and then that person didn't work. So I went to the next person, and I'm like, why am I not getting even like incrementally better? Like, why is yeah. this not even putting a dent in it? And I know Lindsay and I see the same naturopath, and she's like, oh my god, I feel amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I love right. you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, she can go on like a new supplement, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm ready to like take on the world," and I'm like, "I feel the same." <laughs> like, yeah. And then when I went on progesterone, and I'm on a very high dose of progesterone to try to keep my breakthrough bleeding under control, it doesn't work. Through a 300 milligram dose of pro- progesterone. That to me, I, and the, and the frustrating part though is like it's so hard to get the answers you need. Like you have to go through all of this and tell your story to all of these different people and them trying to unpack it. So where I'm going with that is like, it's hard not to feel like a either, like you said, like it's just part of getting old and this is how life is and, and you need to accept it or that you're crazy or that you're like making things up in your head. And, and you get to a point where you're like, no, this is not how life is supposed to be. I'm not supposed to have pain or breakthrough bleeding in my late thirties. I'm not supposed to have vertigo and crazy, you know, dizzy spells to the point where you can't get out of bed. There's something wrong. And I think the medical community is starting to hear that now, because I do feel like so many women have all these similar symptoms that have always been, I mean, I remember in my mid twenties. Cause I had a lot of, I had interstitial cystitis and I was kind of told it was in my head. And I'm like, no, this is not, it's not in my head. Like this is truly happening. And then it was like, well, you have fibromyalgia. I'm like, that is such a blanket. Statement. You don't know what's wrong. So it's fibromyalgia. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, you know, it's, it's not. And I can tell you that now that I don't have my breast implants, no symptoms. And just like you, Jenna, I was on progesterone. I was on testosterone just to feel normal. And since the explant, I have never, I haven't been on one hormone, nothing. I mean, and I was spending, I think probably three to $400 a month in supplements, if not more in some months. And like you said, not feeling better or like hoping that this one would be the answer. Like I remember I'd come home and I'd tell my husband, like, I'm so excited. I found a new supplement and I think this is going to be great. And it did nothing like absolutely nothing at all. Uh, and so it's like really depressing, you know, then when you find the community and start talking to other women and it's like women all across the world, you start to, to go, wait a minute, like there's something to this and there has to be, there has to be more. And there are doctors that are very well versed in it. So it's good. It's good now. You know, I think the naturopaths and um, the natural community, it's a great place to start to, you know, start to unravel some of those things and to, and to find healing before you can get to an next plant, you know, or at least feel 
a little bit better. Yeah. I remember my good friend who's a naturopath. She's not, I mean, my, we're good friends with our naturopath now, but the one prior to the one I'm seeing, she had brought it up to me. This was before anyone had, I had heard on any podcast or anything. She's like, uh, sometimes breast implants can cause issues with inflammation. It's not really known yet. This was, I think, back in like 2017. Um, and I was like, yeah, but do you really think? She's like, uh, it's just hard to say. You know, there's so much unknown about it, but it could be a thing. So we, it's something we could have to consider. And then at that point, I was just terrified terrified Mm -hmm. I'm like no way like I I'm a petite person I was like I was way underweight when I got my breast implants put in I was like 98 pounds when I stepped on the scale before I went into surgery and Mm -hmm. I'm five five one on a good day I don't even think I I break the five one mark so I'm a I'm a tiny I'm a small human and Mm -hmm. um, I have these huge implants and I'm like I don't know how my body will like I was self-conscious about my body before I got implants. I self-conscious of my body with implants. How am I going to do another mental gymnastics in order to get to a place where I'm going to like my body? There's no way that it's going to be in a place that I can accept that. And so I just pushed it out of my mind as just not an option. Mm-hmm. Not It's not a thing that can happen. I I think then it was you. It was you that really got my attention why mm-hmm. I had heard on the Shaleen show people now this is starting to come up and there's naturopaths talking about it and everything and then all of a sudden we were in Mexico in Rocky mm-hmm. Point you and uh, your husband and me and Jake and our friends and we were just sitting there having drinks we just had the girls afternoon and you're like I think I think I'm gonna get my boobs out and mm-hmm. Melissa and I are like are you freaking nuts yeah <laughs> right <laughs> Melissa's like, maybe you just want to like get them smaller because they are kind of huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I was like, and, yeah. and you're like, yeah, maybe I'm thinking about it. And I, at that point, I, I didn't know if you had truly decided and you were just kind of like, I don't want to talk about this. Or if you were just like, still like, mm. it, to me, it seemed like you were still on the fence. Like, do I do a smaller implant? And I know you had talked to a doctor that was trying to talk you into just going down in your implant yeah. size. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I was like, well, maybe I'm like, that's a drastic shift for me. I was like, you're going to go from like double Z boobs to like no boobs. And that's going to be a big, I, I, from experience, knowing how big of a, again, mental gymnastics you have to do to adjust to your body. I was like, are you sure you want to do that? And you're like, yeah. And then you said something about your blood work. There was some, I think there was a recent like blood work that you did that were your liver or your kidneys or something were now starting to show on actual blood work. Yeah. Yeah. No, my liver was like toxic and I'm, you know, like we've talked about, I'm a really healthy person. I don't, you know, I don't eat badly. Like my husband and I do, you know, we're really into fitness. Um, we eat very clean aside from like the Mexico trip. We're not, you know, big drinkers. So that was really eye opening to me. And I had also really been struggling with Epstein Barr. So that was also, those labs came back like off the charts that I had Epstein-Barr present again in my bloodstream. And and it was like, that moment to me was like, this is, this is the wake up call. Like I need to do something about this. I don't want to die when I'm, you know, 50 um, because I just, 
I couldn't deal with the vanity of what it would be like to have no boobs, you know? Um, and at the same time, I have a really good friend of mine that she was fighting breast cancer and, you know, I was like, you know what, if she's going to, if she's going to go through this and, and potentially not have any breast tissue, like why, what am I doing? Like, why am I being so vain? Like, this is ridiculous. And that's when I really made the decision where I was like, I want to be here for my kids. You know, my husband and I've been together forever. He's going to love me no matter what. So I started talking to doctors and I joined the BII group for Arizona. And then the main, the breast implant um, healing by Nicole. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And, and it was just like, it, I can't tell you, and I think I've shared this with you before, but it felt so good to read other people's stories and go, Oh my gosh, like I'm, they're experiencing the same thing. Like it made me mad because there's all these other women that are experiencing this, but I felt like it's, it's, it was at that, those moments where I was like, this is it. It's, you know, and then I felt extremely detached from them. Like I oh, wanted yeah. them out and I wanted them out like tomorrow. Um, so it was, it was very interesting that process for sure. Did you find that once you had made the decision, your symptoms worsened? Yeah, absolutely. I had, yeah, I had this crazy rash down my leg that was like angry and wouldn't go away. It was horrifying and no steroid cream worked. Um, No cream from the dermatologist worked. And then I started getting it on my face. Yeah. And I was probably the heaviest I had been since I had kids. Um, and just feeling gross, fluffy, like just really, you know, full of inflammation. And it was definitely a a hard, hard point for sure. Yeah. I noticed, um, I had made the decision in May, April, April. And then I finally actually pulled the trigger and booked my surgery in May for September. Then all of a sudden, like a month later, I, my period was like, it wouldn't stop. And I had had blood work done and it came back that I had the estrogen of a pregnant woman, which oh had never, God. I've never had estrogen. My estrogen's always been high, but like, this is double what it was on the high level. I, and I said to my doctor, I was like, do you think this is like a, like a thing? Like you decide and all of a sudden it gets worse. She's like, you would be surprised at the amount of control that your brain has over your physiology. Oh yeah. 100%. It's crazy how much, like when you think about it, regardless of what it is, how much that would exacerbate if you focus on it. And, and it's also interesting hearing, hearing both of your ladies stories. And I'm someone who has implants as well, just exploring. And I, and I feel, I've always felt pretty good. My estrogen was really high. I've, I've struggled with my weight all my life. Um, especially after pregnancy, you know, as Jenna said, I do some things and it gets better. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's not. And me who feels pretty decent, it's like, what can we be doing to feel better? What are we making excuses like age or whatever? And I really think of, you know, I feel like what my body is resisting losing weight. And I like hold on to this weight. Like it's like a life source. I feel like sometimes, but just gaining that awareness and, and getting that perspective for any woman with implants to say, you know, maybe it is this. And maybe we've just gotten used to what is our normal and it is more that we're, we're suffering without realizing that we are. It's just really insightful because I'm on the BII AZ 
page as well just to gain insight because I'm exploring getting mine out at some point because I'm coming up on that they determined that 10 year mark right that magical year and my husband and I had talked I had just gotten them in when I met him and now it's coming up on 10 years I'm like it's time to explore this maybe I should get them out I don't I I loved them I've always loved my boobs after I got them because they were just you said you lose a lot of weight they were just sad your boobs are I love my boobs (laughs) she's got she's got great boobs I accidentally saw them once (laughs) and I and I've always loved them so and losing them I could go with or without I've I feel like I'm in a good place in my life and I think Nadine I really resonate with you because I've made a lot of changes as far as like longevity how my my child is four I'm coming up on what I'm calling midlife like how can I live this best life and feel my best and be there for her and be present and not be that tired mom who you know can't get on the ground and play with her who's who's achy and who whatever the case is I don't want to I don't want to do that I don't want my boobs to be the cause of that later on and just or having something that I could prevent now Mm -hmm. being proactive for something that could cause a problem later like so anyway yeah no I'm so with you And, and it's it is you start getting into those you know midlife you know I just turned 40 and you start thinking like this can't be it like this can't be the way my life is going to be. This isn't how, you know, I want to feel. And and exactly like you said, like, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset, like I'm a very driven individual and I hate finding reasons to blame something for not working. So it was really hard for me, like mentally to go, I'm blaming my breasts for the way that I feel, but it was kind of almost like I had to get that out of the way and get to the point where I was like, it is my breasts that are doing this to me. Um, because it's hard. I mean, as a society too, it's hard not to feel like what we're experiencing is phantom or in our head or something that's just created or part of getting older or, you know, cause you, you do, you go to your OB and you say, yeah, I've got these aches of, you know, whatever. Oh, well, you're getting older. You know, you might be starting to get into, perimenopause. And, you know, it's like, I'm not willing to accept those answers, you know, based on the three of us here are very healthy individuals. Like that shouldn't, we shouldn't be feeling like that, you know, or, or marginally, you know, feeling better or losing five pounds. And then, you know, still feeling that it's like this heaviness that, you know, you can't, um, you can't explain. It's just, I've, like heaviness. I feel like the more I, I'm in tune to, I feel like when I finally just accepted that, okay, maybe it is the boob thing. And then I, I had talked to you and I'm like, I need more ant. I need to know a little bit more before I make this decision. I'm really thinking about it. And then you told me about the groups. I think the general sense that I feel now is like treading mud. Yeah. Like yeah. you're trying to swim, but you're literally swimming through mud. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, I'm a good swimmer. I know how to swim. I should just be like gliding. Yep. And not that's not to say like you're not going to have aches and pains and you're not going to some women do experience perimenopause at a younger age and and it and that is a reality for some people but I feel like I shouldn't completely lose my train of thought midway through talking to somebody about something. I don't know how many times that's happened to me and that gets worse. And I'm like, "Oh man." And so then I'm like, is it I'm stressed? Am I not sleeping well? Like maybe I'm Maybe I have ADD and I need to go get diagnosed 
can't focus. And then you're like, huh. I went, and it kind of like dawned on me one day, Dr. Myers, she was like, if there was one symptom that was bothering you the most right now, what would it be? And I looked at her and I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain that. Like hair loss probably because I see it. It's something I can see. Like I've dealt with it with a crazy period for almost a decade. So that I can manage, but feeling self-conscious about the way I look like from, from the neck up is really a mind fuck. And I had, I had not thought about hair loss in, in regards to my breast implants because I had had such a huge hair loss instance after getting off birth control pills. Mm-hmm. It was about six months after all of a sudden all my hair like basically just fell out. But also like I was getting a divorce and I was moving states. And I think a lot of it was stress, honestly, if I think back on it now that I'm not blaming birth control pills for everything. And I think it could have been also I was on birth control pills from 15 or 16 through 20, age 25. You know, I was on it for, I don't know, 11 years. So, yeah, that'll mess some things up. And um Birth control pills are probably another reason why my boobs didn't fully develop because every woman in my family has great big knockers. Like, they were <laughs> big boob girls. I'm like, I don't know why all of a sudden I just was not blessed. Y'all stole my boobs away from me, apparently. So I was, I also was like something, you know, that there's that fundamental, well, something's wrong with me then if I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, develop properly or I'm just like this. So anyway, I just... It's, it's interesting how you internalize these things and you're like, there's something wrong with me. So you get boobs and then there's some, there really is something wrong with you. But then you're blaming all these other things because you were never told that they were unsafe. You were never told. I remember when I went in to get my breast implants or like to for my consults, I saw three doctors and the doctor I chose was actually a doctor who let me hold the implants. I had a saline implant in one hand and a, and a memory gel. It's like, sounds like a mattress, a memory gel silicone implant in the other hand. And it was like a Cadillac in my right hand and a Cavalier in the other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want this flimsy saline one. I want the nice boob feeling one, you know? And he's like, yeah. And they used to, uh, they took silicone off the market. They, I don't know when silicone came back on. I want to say it was probably 2006 or seven. It was right when I got my second set. Yep. And they were like, it's safe now. Like they've, they Mm -hmm. figured out all the issues with it. It doesn't leak anymore. It's cohesive gel. So it looks like if you were to like cut it in half, it stays together. So it doesn't leak anywhere because that was what was happening with the other implants as they were leaking. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. Like, great. Even better. Like I have these, these new and improved implants that are like it was like a positive right if if you have a breast implant rupture they're not gonna you're not gonna have a flat tire on one side it's gonna be you're still gonna have a boob like a breast that looks round and normal and so it's hard to not get angry too about the fact that it's like going into the breast implant groups and seeing some of the FDA transcripts of these medical professionals begging people to not allow silicone implants back on the market and they approved it anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's just, it's maddening. And I agree with you, like going through the Facebook group and finally feeling validation 
and it also opens up like, well, I have that. Maybe that's related. So you kind of start to be like, well, I thought I only had like these three things wrong with me. And, but I have all of these other ancillary things that, you know, shrug. I don't know. Is it, is it from that? It's hard to stay away from like the Facebook groups because um, for me, the big, the best part about it is seeing people's results. Yeah. The recovery stories and the results. Yeah. That was scary for me. You know, that was scary for me going in because that's the other thing is that, uh, so I'm coming up on my two year anniversary when I was started researching there, there weren't very many doctors here in the, in, in Arizona doing them and doing them like a lot. So finding pictures was extremely difficult, you know? Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Like nobody had, they couldn't guarantee that you were going to look like this when you came out, you know? Um, I was like, well, maybe, or, you know, I don't know, you, you might, it depends on how much tissue you have and we won't know until we're in there. And it's like, it's scary, you know, as much as vanity got us here, it's hard not to still feel, you still want to feel pretty, you know, and that's like a natural. And then the, the anger, like I did this to myself, like I got myself to this point, but then you know, on the other side of it, I'm here to tell you like the extreme gratitude for going through it because I've never loved myself more than I do now. I love that. And I know you struggled a little bit afterward, like most yeah. women will to like accept your new body. Like that's, yeah. that's the other thing is they tell you when you go into plastic surgery, I got a little sheet that said, yeah. this is the psychological process of pr- plastic surgery and you're going to feel like, what did I just do? Uh huh. That's the first thought you're going to be. You're going to go through this, like, you know, excited that you're done with surgery. And then you're going to go through this painful healing process and you're not going to, and they're not going to look right for a month. Mine looked like square bricks for like a like month. Tissue. They looked, it looked like somebody, it looked like a cartoon. It looked like somebody took a square brick and put it under my skin. And I was like, oh, man, I, I knew that I was going to like, it was going to be a minute, but I didn't know I was going to look like this. And so I did go through that whole like psychological process of hating how I looked and it, it, they, they pegged that down to a T. But also I was like, man, this really like, do you have to go through this in order to like feel better about your new body after plastic surgery? That should have been a clue to me, but I didn't care. In your 20s, yeah. I was telling my husband the other night, I was like, Back when I was 26 or 27 or 28, I don't remember, how old am I now? It was 28, I think, when I got them, and uh, 29. And I had, I don't think anyone could have told me otherwise, first of all, if they would have been like, mm, this could be unsafe, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, hundreds of thousands of women have them, it's fine. And I, I would have gone, I think, gone through it anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have. Yeah. I was scared that my body would reject them. I've heard stories about, you know, rejection and, you know, your body will reject an organ when it's donated. It's just your body does, you never can predict that. And so, and to, oh, yeah. to what you said, Nadine, I wish I would have explored a lift because that's what I yeah. really needed. Yeah, me too. Well, and I didn't need it, right? That's what I really wanted. I wanted mm-hmm. a, a, my boobs to kind of go a different direction, not down. <laughs> me too. And me too. I wish I wish I would have explored that option more than thinking I needed an implant to me achieve too. the result. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Because I, I think I would have been happier 
with that outcome. Yeah. And I, I wish that there was more positive um, reinforcement about that, you know, because I think it is when you go in to see a plastic surgeon, they're like, well, just do an implant and then it's going to lift it up and you're going to be fine. And, but there's n- never talk about, well, what is it going to look like after I have kids? And yes, I know you're saying that it's safe and I can breastfeed, but like, can you show me pictures of what women look like after they've nursed? Like, or, you know, I, I, I went in there really thinking like I was so envious of my girlfriends that had those cute, like ski slope boobs that they could just put on a shirt and walk out the door, you know, and that's really what I thought that I would have. Um, I didn't like conceptualize the fact that now I had a double D and I <laughs> couldn't do that anyways. Um, it kind of made it worse. There was a lot, a lot to unpack there. And I think speaking to the doctors through the journey of deciding who I wanted to go with was also very, it was cathartic. And and you kind of, you know, Jenna, I know you went through this too. You really have to, to like get to the crux of yourself and, and really trust yourself on who you choose, because I think it's such an intimate decision and such a personal decision you know, there's so many doctors that will tell you different things, or you've just got to go with what feels right, but it's such a personal decision. Yeah. And I found that's where the Facebook groups can be helpful and also unhelpful, extremely unhelpful because just like, just like anything else in life, everyone has an opinion about everything. And, and I know when I have seen someone that I absolutely love, I rave about them, but then for every person who had a great experience or maybe every 10 people, there's one person who didn't have a great experience and it could be completely unrelated to the surgeon. It could have just been their personal outcome and it also could be related to the surgeon. And so I'm like, I think the other day somebody said something about my doctor and, and their, they had a really bad experience and I'm like, oh my God. And I kind of spun for a minute. I was like, crap, now do I have to double think my decision? And then I'm like, you know what, this is, this is BS because I made my decision. I, and it wasn't just me. Like I made my, my husband came with me and he, cause I'm like, I need somebody who's not so emotionally connected to this to hear what the doctor is saying. And he was like, I like that one. I like that guy better. I like how he answered your questions. The first thing he said to you was, what's going on? What are your symptoms? Like, what's happening? And I told him my symptoms. And I, and then I followed that up with, but I don't know if this is related to my breast implants. I think this could be, I work a lot. I don't carry my stress very well. I'm a, I'm a kind of a high anxious person and so could it be life could it be getting older could it be I work too much could it be I sit in a chair hunched over like this <laughs> like no. 15 hours it could be like, what, what could it be um and he's like well I want to tell you that 90% of the women who come in have your exact same story and almost all of them improve after they have their breast implants removed and if I would have if you would have come to me three years ago I probably would have said that this isn't a thing but at this point it's irrefutable he said this is a thing and my own wife his wife had dealt with it and she had such bad ruptures that she has silicone in her lymph nodes and this was this was the old style implant, but it still happens with the new implants because when yeah. you see what a rupture looks like with That's these really. new style implants, you think, you know, they'll show you. I, there's a plastic surgeon on TikTok. He's in Scottsdale. 
and he had like all of these different brands of implants and he's like let's see what they look like when you break them open and then obviously the the saline just leaks out and then mine they're kind of gooey anyway like the memory gel mentor is what I have and then there's like the kind that Lindsay has which is the gummy bear and -hmm. those like you literally they literally look like a gummy bear on the inside but that is not inside of a body that's 100 degrees 24 7 10 years later (laughs) 10 years later after your body processes and um one of the scary things that I learned in the process of doing all of this research was that the silicone implant in particular really starts to break down around year eight if not sooner and almost I think like 72 or 75 percent of silicone gel implants will rupture within 15 years or 12 years or something like that wow and I'll do a fact check on that and make sure that we put that in the show notes but that's not safe to me Uh -uh. I was never presented those things. And then I remember reading the FDA disclaimer sheet on my implants that was made in 2009. I got my implants in 2013 and I sent screenshots to Lindsay. I was like, your instance of can't like women who have breast implants have an increased risk for like brain cancer and all of these weird cancers. And I'm like, I was never told any of that. I was told two things, capsular contracture, is a thing and that's your biggest risk and you're going to have to get these redone in 10 years. Yeah. And also that's what they say. They say, but I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That Those were his exact words to me. My surgeon, brilliant. He, he's a great guy. Yeah. Like I would never, I had a great experience with my first plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not blaming him, but I think that's the message that we receive when we're ready to put these things in our bodies. frustrating so how long did it take after you explanted to feel better I know some women have like this miraculous I woke up and I felt like a million dollars and some women are like dude I'm like nine months out and I still feel like trash so I was just it's so funny I was just talking to another friend of mine that she explanted a couple weeks ago and she's having like these waves where she she's not feeling good again For me, I honestly, and I don't know, it could be the mental decision. I have no idea. Like, I don't know how any of this works other than for me, I went in, I was terribly scared, you know, but again, like I really trusted my surgeon. I knew that he really believed in what I wanted to do. And I came home and I literally within the first week I lost 10 pounds and it wasn't, I mean, my boobs were seven of that, but I literally like, you can, you can see pictures and it's like the swelling was gone. So for me, it was instant relief. Like my joints didn't hurt. Now that's like not my mental state, but you know, but body wise, I felt, I felt a hundred times better. Like I couldn't even compare it was so hard for, and then I got angry. Like, how have I been living like this for so long? You know, feeling the way I did because it was such a dramatic difference for me. Like my back pain was gone. Obviously when you have giant boobs, your back's going to hurt, but I had like muscle pain, like tendon pain that was pulling in my, my shoulders. Like it always felt like I had this like pinched nerve. Um, and that was gone. I always had these weird pulling sensations in my chest. Yeah, those were gone. I get weird sternum pain. 
Yeah, the weird sternum pain. I'll never forget. And I've heard this detailed in the groups too, but I remember hugging my kids and I could hear their hearts. And for me, like that was like, that was the moment where I was like, I made, I made the absolute right choice. I don't care what I feel like mentally. Like I feel their heart that I've, I've never been able to feel that because I've always had these giant things in my way. So it was, that was pretty cool. Um, that is cool. So I, yeah. So I would say, I mean, I feel like I felt better instantly. And you're like, I can breathe again. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know you had a hard time breathing. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like I have a hard time breathing. I feel like I can Me take either. Deep breaths. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yep. Full deep breath. They're full lungs, full yeah. air. And so I'm interested to see if that is different. I have a little countdown on my phone. How many days am I out? 36 days. Yay. Right now. Today is August 16th. So I'll be interested to see if breathing feels differently for me. And I've seen a lot of women in the Facebook groups be like, I can finally breathe. And someone else is like, how come all of you say this? I don't feel like I can't breathe. It's a crazy feeling. You just feel like you can take this incredible deep breath. Different now, you know, different than when you have implants. I mean, for me, I didn't remember what it was like to not have them. But it was instant and the the foggy brain took a little while to go away, but it but it went and I felt clearer and more like myself every day. But it was hard, you know, it was really hard. The scars were really hard for me to comprehend. Like that was because again, I was just angry. Like I did this to myself and now now I've got these scars and they're, they're big. Cause I had big implants and they, you know, in order to do an on block, they had to go from armpit to sternum. And I'm here to tell you that two years later, you can barely see them. So it gets better. You do look like Frankenstein if you do a lift, but it gets better. It, it does. Yeah. My scars are almost non just cause I had a lift when I got my implants in and I kind of thought the same thing at first. I never went through like this oh my God, what did I do? But I'm like, oh my God, is this, is this going to chill out a little bit as far as the scars? And, (laughs) and, and it does, and you can barely see them. They'll have to hopefully, when I get mine out, hopefully they can, the scars won't impede on the new scars. That's what, that's probably my biggest concern thing. I'm like, I've already had a lift. How is that scar tissue? I want my nipple to live. That's what I want. (laughs) I just want to make sure my nipple survives another trauma, but right. Yeah, no, that's why I did. I asked that too, because I went in thinking I needed a lift. And I am so grateful that the two surgeons, I only went to two because the second one, I was like, this is who I want to go with. Both of them said, you do not need a lift. And it was immediate. It was like, I opened the gown and they were like, no lift. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure? Uh, I can't picture this. <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me. I've got this giant 450 cc silicone implant under my skin and my boobs are huge and I'm a small person and they're like no you're gonna fluff up and fluffing is a medical term apparently did yours do that Nadine did yours did yeah mine mine took a lot longer like I some of the girls in the group and and I eventually had to leave the group because it became you know like I was obsessed with like well my results don't look like their results and um it wasn't helping me on my journey anymore. So I eventually left. Um, but I'm so grateful that I had them. It took it, I want to say like a year before I felt like they looked like boobs. But now I'm I just I just love them. <laughs> They're just the greatest thing ever. 
and they're exactly what I wanted 20 years ago. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting full circle. I will tell you that. I remember seeing you for the first time and it was a while. I feel like you were probably mm-hmm. at least six months post-op by the time I actually saw you in person. And I was like, you didn't look like the same person. Right. Um, not only yeah. did you just look like a healthier, younger version of yourself from previous, but you were so little. <laughs> I'm like, you're so little. And I, and like, I don't, like, I know that the, being small is not like the, the goal. I'm, I don't right. believe that small bodies are goal bodies, but I just couldn't believe how much space your breasts took up on your body. On like body. how much real estate they really sucked from your presence and I'm I was like you look so not only do you just like look more proportionate like I thought your body just looked now you look like an athletic person which is what you are but you just looked like you felt better oh my gosh yeah I mean working out now like it's life-changing I can do everything before I had to modify, like I couldn't do push-ups, I couldn't do chest flies, I couldn't do anything that felt weird or that felt the, you know, you feel that weird slippage in your pocket. You're like, oh, can't do that. I don't have that anymore. I can run. I can um, sleep on my stomach. Like all these things that I've totally forgotten what it was like to do, or maybe I didn't know because I was so young, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, injuring my breast implant. It's not a concern. Um, yeah, I feel so much better. I can lift heavier. I can do more. My endurance is better. So it is, it kind of matches who I am on the inside. And that's, I think what I was struggling with so much is like my outward kind of what you had said, Lindsay, like I'm doing all the right things. Like, why is it not showing? Yeah. I want it to align. I want it to align. Yes. And that was exactly like, I felt like finally my inner aligned with my outer and yeah. And the aging, like I look at myself in like 2018, 2017, 2018, I looked older than I do now. And I haven't changed anything other than getting my breast implants out. So it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Weird. Yeah. Well, and, and just that, that correlation, like your workouts are easier, you're sleeping better. All these things yeah. are adding up to having a more youthful way of living, right? It's like replenishing your whole body. You can breathe, you're resting, you know, that real true restful sleep. And, you know, when you, when you have implants so young and you have this, this baseline that you think is normal, when that is elevated, you're like, God, you know, this is, this is it. And that's amazing. I'm just hearing your story. And I have another, I, I too have a friend who I had my implants in and she shortly had hers done. And then like, she quickly was like, no way, get these out of me. I don't know. It's just something that I wish we probably had heard sooner, but I'm so relieved to hear stories like yours where not only were you validated and knowing that you're not crazy, something is going on and that there was a solution and you had the courage to do it. You had the courage to go through with it and you're reaping the reward of it. So that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, and I'm so excited, you know, to help other women. I think that, you know, when I started to put all the pieces together, I was like, I want to tell the world, you know, yeah. but there's still that piece of you that's like, well, what if it's not really what's happening? Like, you know, I, surgery's not 
a joke either. You don't want to just go into it blindly. Um, but I can tell you how much better I feel in my experience. And, you know, even chatting with my plastic surgeon, he was like, I wish, you know, that we did better about testing women going into it. Like, you know, do, do you have an MTHFR? Does that play a part in it? Do we know that? Like I have a really bad nickel allergy and like, I can't even wear jewelry that has nickel in it. Well, nickels in breast implants. So what is that doing on the inside of your body? Of course it's creating inflammation. Like, you know, my earlobe for wearing a nickel earring for a day, it looks like. I have the same issue. I didn't even know that. Yeah. 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 You know, so you start fake jewelry. Me neither. You start thinking about all these things and you're like, geez, I had these like in my body close to my heart. And some women never have issues. And I'm, you know, I'm not one of them. I'm happy that they don't. And maybe they never will. Like that makes me happy too, you know, but I don't know that I'd ever get them ever again, even if it was super safe or, you know, they changed things. If my daughter came to me and said she wanted to get them, I would absolutely, I would say no, there wouldn't even be. And she saw what I went through. So I don't think she ever would, but yeah, I mean, it's a life changing decision when you get them and it's life changing when you get them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you were willing to come on and share your story. And I have said in our previous podcasts about uh, breast implant illness, and I'm glad that you kind of touched on not all women will experience this because Never do we want to be alarmist on our podcast. And I I know more women at this point in my life that have breast implants than don't. Um, And so this is, this is not to shame anybody for having breast implants. This is not to make you worried or concerned that you're going to, you know, get cancer or have these health problems. It's mainly just because I feel like if I had stumbled upon this sooner, I would have processed, I still would have had to process the discovery and make the decision, but I feel like I probably would have arrived to it much sooner, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe gotten a few good, more good years of feeling great, hopefully. And I think like, it's a really important thing to hear if you're considering getting plastic surgery or anything implanted into your body that is not part of, you know, like, I mean, they even raise concerns about like dental implants and chin implants and butt implants and all these things. It's not just breast implants. It's, and and Mm -hmm. I have a dental implant and I'm telling, I'm here to tell you, I'm not taking that out. Like I need a tooth. So (laughs) I'm not going to have, right. Like there are some things that I'm, I'm here to tell you, okay, we're just going to, I told my doctor, I'm like, we're just going to have to manage that because Jenna's not going to not have a tooth. (laughs) Yeah, And at least I can deal with it. I'm, I'm so excited to not have boobs. Like I can't tell yeah. you how excited I am to like be able to do push-ups and be able to roll over in the middle of the night without my implant shifting and hurting. And that weird feeling of something on, that's in your body that's foreign. It's just that never goes away. I asked somebody and they're like, yeah, I don't really notice it. I'm like, oh yeah, I do all the time. Mm-hmm. So we just know the risks that you're taking now that there's new information when there's, when we know better, we do better. So consider a lift and fat transfers. There are still pretty new. I would wait a little while before you would do something like that, but do your own digging and really think about the risks. If you have any autoimmune, anything whatsoever, I would say absolutely do not do it. Um, I have a history of family autoimmunity, so I should have been a red flag for that, but all that to say, 
I don't want to, we don't want to freak you out, but we also want to empower our listeners and women out there to make the best choices based on new information about these devices. And, and I think it's the awareness to like really being in tune with your body so that when you hear the whispers, it's not, not to not pay attention to them, you know, because the whispers are there to tell you something and pretty soon they get to the point where you can't shut them off any longer, you know? So whether it's, you know, breast implants or it, I mean, really anything, if your body is, is telling you something, it's telling you something it wants you to listen to whatever it's trying to say. So I think that's part of it too, is just being in tune and aware. If you're not feeling right, pay attention to it, you know, or if you have any concerns going into something um, that, it, that there's a reason. Yeah. I could not have said that better myself for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for bringing new perspective that I can't bring right now because I'm not on the other side. I'm not on the lighter side, so they say. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Soon. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm not quite sure when we're going to, when this episode will push out. I think it will come out before I actually have my surgery. But I will also be keeping listeners updated on mine. And I'm always texting Nadine and I'm like, I am so sorry if I already asked you this a million times, <laughs> but I cannot remember things that I've asked you. Like, I can't remember. I have the worst memory anymore you've just been a mon- monumental help in, in going first and being the person that was brave enough and had enough courage to do it. And I feel lucky that I got to witness it. Um, and I'm hoping that it changes my life too. So it was very grateful. I'm grateful that you were willing to share and I'm grateful that you're in my life and you're my friend and you feel better and you did this. This is amazing. Well, thank you. I'm excited for your day and um, I can't wait to just stay on the journey. I think there's, it's just the beginning and I'm just so excited and so grateful to have you. I mean, it's so nice to meet other women that share, that share similar, similar things. So it's been wonderful and I'm, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you too, Lindsay. Thank you. Same. I'm excited. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you. It's something that you know, women need to hear and right. It's that awareness piece just, and, and just to mirror on what Jenna said, when, when we know better, hopefully we do better. And if you are curious, there are so many communities out there. You don't have to be in anything alone. Jenna had Nadine. Nadine kind of went out and really navigated a lot of this on her own, but did find a community. So there's lots of resources out there for anyone who's looking for them. We'll share some in the show notes uh, for all of our listeners to take a peek at. But just if you're curious, start start talking to someone. Share. Reach out. And you can always reach out to us. You can always. find us on social. Always. Thank you. Until next time. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars, and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares, and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagus.com slash kick more ass. Remember your life only gets better when you decide to grow and it's never too late to get your shit together.